This is the 451. I'm Summer Brennan. I'm Jesse Hirsch. And I'm Jonathan Mann. And we are a podcast for the resistance. It's a big week. It's a big, it's, yeah, it's, it's the week. Yeah, we've been kind of in a stasis for a while. I mean, it didn't feel that way, but this is the in-between times. It feels bad this week. I don't like it. <laughs> no, yeah, it feels like we're marching. It feels like we're towards the end of this long march of doom, basically, is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of another march of doom. Yeah, right. Or like we entered the gates of doom, but this was like getting to the doom. (laughs) Sorry, we are a podcast that's here to motivate and inspire you. Yeah, how many different metaphors for doom can we? Yeah. Oh my god, I was actually added to a a Twitter list that has four people in it, and Mm -hmm. it's called Doom. (laughs) It's just called Doom. It's called Doom (laughs) because because is it you and like Sarah Kenzior? Yeah, it's me, Sarah Kenzior, and um, uh, Adam Kahn and somebody else. I. Christopher Stroop, I think. Anyway, yeah. where do we even start? I mean, it's it, it feels weird because I was saying it feels like it's been a while since we talked because it has. It's been almost. It's been like a week, right? And so much happens. Things happen so quickly. There's been so much that has sort of just come and gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the fact that the 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 compromat. <laughs> I can't. Even, I can't even. I can't even. Like the. How do you say that word? Is it compromat? Is that how you say that? I'm gonna word? go with compromat. Yep, yeah, yep. That's let's fine. do it. That's like, sounds really awesome. That already feels like old news. Like there was no, it does a story. You know, a, now what a week ago about some um, aqua activities. <laughs> Did, did, did you call them aqua activities? I did. That's the most polite way that I... Wasn't it? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, We're a family podcast. Yeah, I was away from the, my computer for most of the day when that broke, and I came back to home, and it was late at night, and I logged on, and, like, it was... Everyone was just having a field day. It was crazy. Um, yeah, and the joke sort of covered up the, the really scary, mm-hmm. the just, like, ultra, ultra scary thing about that, which is just, like... Oh right. Okay. So so literally, they are they have this thing to control them with. Like that's right. just terrifying. Yeah. The, the the thing itself was not the point. Although it's naturally people are going to focus on it. But um, but what I thought was very important as well is um Susan Hennessy, who's a, a I guess I don't know how to describe her legal political researcher commentator um i don't know if you guys are familiar with her but she wrote a piece it's great we'll link to it anyway that was an important thing to point out which is that the fisa warrant that the fbi got to investigate links between trump and the russian government um was did not use this dossier as its evidence Mm -hmm. which means that they used something else oh my lord so that's something that people need to keep in mind is that this yeah did they get the FISA warrant or did they not get it? I thought they didn't get the FISA warrant that they needed. Mm. I could be wrong about that. We're going to update this at the end mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> the FISA warrant. My, um, I know they wanted one. Yeah, exactly. My understanding was that they they went to a judge to ask for this warrant and they didn't get it. Well, regardless what they were what using. What they presented. I mean, and that's a big deal asking for that. And so huge deal. Yeah. And so what they didn't use, they didn't use this information, which apparently was available to them. They used something else. So that's um, something to keep in mind that it's not, this is not the totality of, uh, of what is being considered or even the only compromise that is out there. So that just wanted to add that on him. Yeah. little note there. Um, I'll link to the 
the very well-written analysis um, that I am failing to remember the details on right now. So, so then there was the press conference that happened. Yeah. Oh my God, that was my, that, that was, was not a very thing. cool press conference. I don't know about you guys, I didn't like it. Was that the empty folders one? That was the empty the folders press saying what yeah. As if there's like been all these press conferences. So many. Yeah. <laughs> so many Trump press conferences. Yeah. Jeez, well, right. the, thing, the thing about that press conference, right, is like that you just hit on is there, there and this is the DDoS thing again, there were so many things about that press conference mm-hmm. that are just mind-bogglingly awful that you can be like, wait, was that the same one where there was the, where's the, <laughs> with the folders and also the yelling and the, you know, the, shouted down the CNN guy and threatened to throw him out like oh so many things happened that were just like that that erased you know whatever the last 70 years of norms I mean it, it directly erased Obama's speech the night before that had made people feel so <laughs> nice for a second right or, or wistful at least yeah got every day a new thing and then they briefed I guess Congress with some classified information about the links between Russia and Trump mm-hmm. right. which led People like John Lewis, a personal hero of mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I was saying last week, um, to declare that Donald Trump is not a legitimate president. And then all hell broke loose on the eve of Martin Luther King's weekend day. And yeah, we can get to all that. But it's been a week. It's been a, a real week. You know what I want to put in the show notes at the end is that uh, that clip of Maxine Waters, the congresswoman. Oh my God, I love her. Love <laughs> when, her. When she came out, when came out of the... Uh, the briefing and was just like, uh, what did she actually she say? She said, about? yes, what do you want? Can I help you? Uh-huh. <laughs> to the, <laughs> to the, I? the press. I, I mean, I, I've, I've watched this clip like 25 times now. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put the audio of it right here. Okay, here we awesome. go. Awesome, that's great. Yes, can I help you? What do you want? <laughs> Went fine. No, it's classified and we can't tell you anything. All I can tell you is the FBI director has no credibility. That's it. Confirmation hearings, we haven't talked about that. That's been happening. Um, It's DDoS, it really is. Um, For for those just tuning in who didn't hear us talk about the denial of of service attack as a metaphor, it's when you're like flooding, what is it, a website with stuff so that they can't function basically yeah yeah exactly it's like it's like a hacker uh uses this tactic of attacking a ip address with so many requests that it shuts down the website just like so many things being thrown at it that it can't handle it and now that website is like america (laughs) (laughs) is all of us (laughs) yeah um yeah it really is hard to know and this is part of the thing right it's hard to know where to focus your energy do you call about betsy davos davos whatever uh grizzly lady or oh do you God. call <laughs> grizzly lady yeah yeah that's what you refer to her as when you call your congress people you know what i found out her brother is it her brother i was just reading this somebody was just tweeting about this her brother is trump's like chief security advisor and also high up in the blackwater organization the oh, like, yeah. mercenary it's her brother uh... yep it's all it's all fun times her family's in the dark money book that we talked about last week right um mm-hmm. about billionaires they're like they were among the radical right billionaires trying to do things like, you know, get rid of public schools, which she's doing a really good With, job of. Yeah, I think, yeah, so she's, yeah, she's uh, she's on her she's way. coming right along. Um, and her and Rex Tillerson and um, gosh, Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions, Jeff Jeff Sessions. Sessions remember him? Um, that guy. That was like I, five years ago. I feel. I did see someone had called their rep 
and it was a Democratic rep, and they were surprised that they weren't getting more calls about Jeff Sessions. Mm -hmm. So it was just a call to like, if you have not been calling your Democratic reps for any reason, um, they want to hear from you because because if as as we heard from Emily a couple weeks ago, they can then be armed uh, to go uh, into their committees and say, I have heard from like thousands of my constituents. And they are pissed, and I, you know, th- this cannot happen. And Jeff Sessions just seems like such a no-brainer, you know. Right. It's, it's so easy to just be like, yeah, A B C D. All, e, F, all three of those that we just mentioned, Rex, Jeff, what else has and, been happening? Did we, yeah. have we done Pruitt yet? We lost the wall, the Berlin Wall fan lady. That's right, Crowley. That's right, Crowley. Yeah, uh, yeah. walls work. She says, <laughs> while standing next to the, the Berlin, the Berlin Wall Memorial. <laughs> oh my lord! Come on. But it, but, it's, but, it, but what disqualified her was plagiarism. It's not views like that. It wasn't like her racism or yes. her, her like fan tour of of the you know former Weimar. Anyway, <laughs> can't can't. So just to sort of wrap up this idea is like we're recording this on Wednesday. You will be hearing this on Thursday, and the next day is is the day and um mm-hmm. you can't even I say it <laughs> you know you know and i feel like i feel like for even for as pessimistic as we've been we we each held out this hope i don't know i know that i did that something would happen that something mm-hmm. would keep this friday from happening yes mm-hmm. um ben taub from the new yorker tweeted he was like what if right <laughs> He's right. like, what if they're yeah. just, they have enough evidence to arrest him? Yeah. And on inauguration is when they do it. Yeah. And I was just like, you're so cruel. Like, you know, you know, or just, just anything, just anything. Ugh. No, I'm, I'm officially amazed. Like, I, I really, I really thought that something. There were so, there's so many, there's so many potential hurdles, you know? I'm not talking anything illegal. Like, I think sometimes when I bring this up on Twitter, like, how is this not being stopped? People are like, are you suggesting a coup? Yeah, I'm, yeah, No yeah, such yeah. thing. No. I'm suggesting the opposite. I'm suggesting that, like, the system's supposed to work to prevent. To resist a coup, I think. Exactly. There's also a contingent on Twitter that I see that is, like, that seems ever hopeful that he will be impeached somehow, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I'm like that seems that just seems highly optimistic, you know, mm-hmm. given given the makeup of 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 Congress and the Senate. But I at the same time I I don't like when people here I am defending Republicans again. I just feel like yes, there's I don't know. I the, here's my optimism. I just I just feel like but come on, like there are some that criticize him in mm. even, especially if it's going to give them like President Pence and Vice President Ryan or something like that. Like maybe they yeah. Maybe they really will decide that if, for example, the Trump campaign is the campaign, which is becoming the Trump administration, what am I even saying, is guilty of colluding with, you know, the Kremlin to undermine our democracy. Right. Like that's that's treason. That's just what it is. And so that's um, would have to be dealt with in a legal fashion and be punished and all that stuff. You know, like you'd hope that something would be done about it. But if that's the case, then that implicates people like Pence, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe right. not, but I would have a hard time believing that right. if if Trump is going to get impeached for treason, mm-hmm. um, if that's even a thing that can happen, then I don't I don't see like Pence not going down with that too. But what do I know? And then, <laughs> and then Ryan, this is, now we're getting way out there, but like then Ryan's next in line, right? Isn't it the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House is next in line? Is he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole problem right now, right? Is that it's not, it's no longer just about Republicans whose ideas we hate. Like, I want 
NATO right. to not be dismantled. Right, like, right, mm-hmm. we're, right. We're in a whole different level of crazy where right. they're talking about destroying the the world order, right. um, which is a good, like not destroying it. I mean, don't destroy it. It's bad. Like we need it. Um, and what Susan, Susan Powers, Samantha Powers said in her speech is it's just like, um, you know, we can't return to a, a way of the world in which it's just that the, the, the strong exert their will upon the weaker by force. Right. They're, you know, that we, we have to have some sense of, I don't know, civilized modernity um, because having, having the world function with the same, you know, might equals right, to quote the movie Camelot and probably something else, like, <laughs> you know, to, to have that be the case, but with you know, thousands of nuclear weapons being the might, like that's terrifying. Right. And I don't want it to happen. So, uh, do we want to talk about the things that are giving us hopes this week? You guys hopes uh, and fears. Let's do, let's do Was fears. That the fears? Let's do you want to do, do fears? fears? I feel like we just did 20 minutes of fears. We did. <laughs> I, I, I have like a, I have this one big fear that I've been, that I've been harboring. Yeah. Like, like related to all of this, but really specific. Because it because it sort of was given a name to me this week, which is very strange. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever have the experience where like you learn you learn a word or you learn about something, and then suddenly you hear about it everywhere? Mm-hmm. You know that. I think, I think I think America felt that way about gaslighting pretty recently. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You learn about gaslighting, and then suddenly like everyone's talking about it. Um, sure. On no fewer than three podcasts that I regularly listen to, uh, and that I highly recommend. Uh, Relentless Picnic, which is which is one that I'm. I've I'm heard a, good things about them. Yeah, it's an it's it's sort of a new one, and a fan of that show is also a fan of this show, and so I listened and I really like it. Um, on that, on my absolute favorite podcast for politics on the media from WNYC, mm-hmm. and uh, a really great podcast called Theory of Everything. They all talked about this guy Vladimir Surkov. Do you know him, Summer? This guy. I feel like he, I should, but I. He, so, not ringing a bell. <laughs> so so this is this just like blew my mind. So he's he's um he's like Putin's uh, propagandist basically. He's, oh yes, in, yes, yeah. Yes. In some ways, I th- it seems like there's maybe analogous to like Steve Bannon might be to Trump. Yeah. So so his his deal is like um he come he came out of like not the not the spy KGB network thing, but he was like a theater guy Mm -hmm. and his whole thing and the whole, uh, the way that these podcasts are, and and you can read articles about him, the way that Putin's authoritarianism under Surkov sort of works is there is a sort of dynamic freedom of expression that still exists. That is different from sort of classical authoritarian regimes where any kind of freedom of expression is like squashed and you have to just, you know, toe the party line. Meaning like like a North Korea model or something. Exactly. So mm-hmm. so it's not like that. But what it is, is that Surkov sort of uses, it almost sounds like w, like WWF or something. Like he's, he's manipulating the public conversation in a way, partly by funding. So he'll fund like super right-wing groups and he'll fund super left-wing groups and he'll fund really left-wing artists, and he'll fund, like, children's groups that are very Mm pro-Putin. And he sort of orchestrates these media narratives where, you know, uh, no one really knows what's real and what's not because he's he's sort of 
pulling all the strings. Mm-hmm. Do you mean like it's performative ex- inclusivity to a degree? Does that kind of what yeah, yeah, that yeah. exactly. And managed democracy is sort of what they called it. Is like mm. is like it's 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 has all the trappings of democracy, but the outcome is predetermined by Surkov and Putin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they and and the managed part is like they create the theater. Uh, and the players and and it's very entertaining and it and it but but any real dissent that crops up in the system mm-hmm. has to be questioned because you don't know what's real and what's not and i feel like i feel like you know the first step to that is basically like like draining the press of all of its credibility right. that's the first thing oh, you need well, to yeah, do and that, and that, you know, of course, that's what we see at this press conference. Uh, it just seems very clear that that is like a, a. So, in a situation like that, with the the way to measure what real dissent is, the fact that there's actually some punitive, you know, journalists are killed in Russia, or right. Pussy, Pussy Riot was arrested, right? That make, that makes me think, a okay, punk that rock w- band was put in jail, <laughs> right. right? That makes me think that those were actually that legit. that's like legit, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. But anything less than that, right? And it's so like your yeah. fear. Your fear is that you're seeing that this. Yeah, will be what's the, fe- the to my us. fear is that like that's the model. The fear mm-hmm. is that all this talk about fake news and it's post truth and it's hard to know what's real just kind of is is the precursor to this. To this, not even the precursor. We are in phase one. Yeah. Yeah, we're well on our way. We're in it. We're in it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's so. That's that's my fear. Uh, along with bees being on the endangered species list and a woman dying of an infection that no antibiotic could cure. That's my, these are my, these are my biggest uh, fears this week. I didn't actually know that last one. That's a a new treat. Yep. Not going to Google it. Don't Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) No, it's okay. That's what we have to do this. Um, I'm going to make, I'm going to make my fear just big and broad and general because there's just too much. Um, I mean, it's inauguration day on Friday Mm. and I fear that that is a line that we will never be able to come back from. Uh, I fear that the idea of impeaching him or the idea that uh, in two more years, you know, we'll make a new kind of Congress that we just lose those options anymore. Uh, Mm. That it's that this is a one way street. That's my fear. Summer. Also me. Um, I am worried about Trump being compromised in a major way. This is the stuff I shouldn't say on the podcast. But um, I just, I, I hope that our current government knows what it's doing by handing over the reins to our like classified information about our own defense and safety and all that stuff. Because I, it seems like there's a real chance that Trump is not loyal to the United States of America and perhaps could be loyal to the Russian Federation instead. I know what I sound it's, like right now. No, but, but it's so funny that, that saying something like that would seem so seditious. Like he's been so, I mean, Kellyanne Conway could not even say a bad thing about Russia on CNN and that, that interview, that one where they were like, could Russia? And she, she just couldn't actually say it. No. Like, there's just, it's like, even just explicitly, not all the secret weird. No, no, just everything that's out there is weird <laughs> as hell. Okay. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, I think the way I put it in like a tweet that now I'm like scaring people. So sorry. But, um, was that, it, it felt like the, the, the Trump was the phishing email and that on Friday we click on it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and he's in, and he's into our system. Um, so that's Ooh, yeah. my fear. 
And it's a bad one, and I really hope that I'm wrong, and um, or that if I'm right, that there's a way to fix it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, there's still this sense that you have that like that that that's like they can't right like <laughs> like all of that all of that stuff like the, it it they. I just don't want the United States to be Russia's strongman. Right. Like, that's what it looks like. I mean, that's what it looks like is being set up because Russia is we- very weakened. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And yet they seem to be... And vulnerable. These- yes, and very much so. But in- And they've been very smart in how they've managed to attack what they perceive as their aggressor. They've really done a lot with a little in with their hacking schemes. And so th- they lack the muscle to do what they what they seem to want to do. And, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what their designs are, but... Um, if you look at their military activity in the last few years, like I feel like I got a pretty good idea. Aggre- aggre- aggression is kind of the flow through there. Yeah. Not, not really big on nuclear proliferation either. Right. I mean, it, like disinformation and espionage and like warfare waged through espionage is literally Vladimir Putin's life's work. Mm-hmm. Like that's his thing. He's really, really good at it. And he's been right. doing it for what, 30 years, something. So, um, so Yeah. There we there we have it. Um, and, and 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 then there's Trump. And then there's Trump, who I don't even. Who just seems like so dumb. Just so dumb. Like, <laughs> I just. Uh, I don't even. Okay, so what is giving you hope this week, guys? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, John, Jonathan. So, um, God, you know when you when you put it that way, Summer, it's like. Would you like me to start? <laughs> it's like, what can we do? Yes. Why don't you start? You you gave us the. You gave us that. Let, you know, give okay. Us, give us something else. So, um, I guess in a way I'm almost copying myself from last week. So last week when we were doing What Gives You Hope, I said that it was Congressman John Lewis because I'd been reading about him and, and I was inspired by how he keeps on keeping on. Like he gave a speech at the age of, what, 23, 25, um, that, you know, a few people before Martin Luther King's uh, I Have a Dream speech. And in it he said, you know, like, they don't want to be patient. Um, like what, we don't want to have to wait to have this like justice brought to us. Right. But I think that he knows that you do have to be patient and, you know, he continues to have this um, bottom line that you have to keep going and you don't ever give up hope. Not ever. So um, I think what is giving me hope is that he was man- I, f- I feel like he was able to pull a little bit of a civil rights like sit in in a way by criticizing Trump the way he did right on the eve of Martin Luther King you know, day, weekend. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional or not, but in a way it had the effect that that a civil rights sit-in might have had. He provoked the unjust powerful um, who then responded by attacking him and then people rose up in outrage at that attack and it seemed to enliven people. And I guess I'm, this is my rambling way of saying like, just that people do care. And I feel that if we are smart and strategic enough about how we wake up people's conscience and... And outrage is kind of a tricky term because it can be exhausting and, you know, to call Twitter the outrage police or whatever. But that I think that um, people's sense of rightness um, and humanity is there and can be awakened. And, and we need to pay attention to the things that do that. And so that's my hopeful thing. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It absolutely makes sense. I, uh, I'll go. I feel good about his low approval ratings <laughs> um, we don't like you Donald Trump. yeah i mean it's really really low it's historically low and yep. 
to get that low, it to me, it means what we've been talking about before on the podcast that people who before were kind of like on the fence or maybe even go, go, go uh, are seeing, oh, my God, you know, like drain the swamp meant nothing. And there's so many people who are using the Affordable Care Act that have to have a, a Venn diagram with people who voted for Trump um, and they're watching that proposed to be repealed without any kind of adequate replacement. Um, so, yeah, I like I like those numbers because I think that we all have a, a lot of fight ahead of us. And I think that we the more people that kind of wake up and say, hey, this is not good. This is not normal. The better shape we're going to be in. Agreed. Um, yeah. So so I've been I've been getting a little bit more active Um this week, I volunteered at the Democratic Socialists for, uh, for of America um, at their headquarters in New York, and that was really fun, and it felt good to do. And then, on uh, you know, Bernie hosted this day of of rallies uh, across the nation, and I I went to one, and I got to hear this guy John Wisniewski um, speak, and he's in the New Jersey State Legislature, and he's running for governor here, and. Um, on a platform that's pretty progressive of, of $15 minimum wage and um, of doing everything he can to bring a single payer system to New Jersey uh, for healthcare. And so that, 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 that made me hopeful, this idea that um, here on a local level, uh, if, you mm-hmm. know, I can sort of help to work, get him elected and I can feel like I could, you know, bring real material change to, to the lives of the people here by, uh, by working towards those, those goals. So that made, that, that's making me feel hopeful. That's good. As a result of my hopeful thing, at least 50 members of Congress are not going to yes, the Yes, I was going to mention that yes. too, which is cool, which is really cool. As a result of John Lewis. Right. I know some of them were not planning on going, like our, our friend Maxine Waters, I think said that she had had no intention of going, but this was like another opportunity for her to state right. that. Speaking of uh, boycotting the Trump inauguration, our guest this week, Summer. <laughs> yes, is Congresswoman Yvette Clark from the 9th District in Brooklyn. My district. Jesse's district. I have a different Congresswoman. Um, but yes, and she is, uh, she's also boycotting the inauguration. That's mm-hmm. so great. My my uh, my congressperson here in in Jersey City is also so that's I'm who's your congress who's your congressperson Donald Payne Jr. Okay, and he's like I'm not having it. I'm not going. He's, he's not going. He's not doing it. Go. And yours is too summer, right? Yours is that's right. Yes, Nydia Velasquez. She Woo-hoo. is not going, and um, she said that she will, however, be at the Women's March in D.C. And uh, Congresswoman Clark, her her statement was pretty strongly worded, at least on Twitter. Two things she said was that. Um, Donald Trump was not fit to polish John Lewis's boots. Wow. Yeah. And she called Donald Trump a coward. <laughs> well, that about sums it up, doesn't it? That about sums it up. That's the type of fire we like to see. So Congresswoman Yvette Clark, as I said, uh, represents New York's 9th District, formerly the slightly redistricted 11th District. Um, and she is chair of the Multicultural Media Caucus and co-chair of the Black Women and Girls Caucus, as well as co-chair of the Caribbean Caucus. And um, what I thought was interesting is that she uh, introduced two bills related to cybersecurity in the last uh, decade. In 2010, she introduced a bill called the International Cybercrime Reporting and Cooperation Act. And then in 2013, uh, the Homeland Security Cybersecurity Boots on the Ground Act that dealt with 
Homeland Security's cybersecurity workforce. Um, neither of those bills were successful, but that is an area of, of interest for her. And and uh, you guys got a chance to talk to her. Um, the setup for the interview was a little uh, wonky. We like Don't tell them that. We're very professional. We had to call. Yeah, there was no popcorn box. Don't let them know. We're very sleek and professional. <laughs> no, we definitely did not. We definitely did not have Jesse's smartphone propped up on nope. a popcorn box next to the microphone. Um, Don't just. Didn't. Yeah, and and so you definitely will not hear that reflected in the interview. Um, no, we're so grateful that she would speak with us. And- yeah, oh my God, and it was such a good interview, so we're excited for you to hear it, and uh, here it is. great to have you here. Um, I guess the first thing that we kind of wanted to ask you about was inauguration, uh, when you made the decision that you would not be going uh, and what that was based on. Sure. Um, yeah, initially, my inclination was to attend uh, just out of tradition. Um, however, last week, uh, members of Congress were briefed by the intelligence community um, with regard to the circumstances of the uh, Russian hacking into uh, the 2016 presidential elections, the Democratic Party, as well as the Clinton campaign. Mm -hmm. And it became increasingly um, evident to me that, uh, you know, this was a a major attack on our our nation and on our uh, electoral process. And what also became clear to me was that we just don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. I say that because while uh, there was one party that was targeted uh, during the uh, election season, the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton, we don't know whether uh, the Russian government also decided uh, that, that they would interfere with, with the Republican Party, hack their information, or Donald Trump himself. There's a lot that we just don't know. What, what we do know that it was an, an extensive operation that began two years ago. That was a, a flag for me. I'd also become increasingly irritated uh, <laughs> by uh, Donald Trump's nominee right. uh, yeah. in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that many of them have been, quite frankly, hostile towards the agencies for which they are now being uh, tapped to govern. And that, for me, uh, is is a a really big problem because the people that I represent here in central Brooklyn really rely on the integrity of these agencies in uh, following the mission for which they were established and expanding on that mission in a way in which uh, it it improves their lives. And then finally, I think... uh, just in terms of going public with with my decision, it, it, it was uh, the tweet uh, that um, Donald Trump put out uh, in response to the interview held by Congressman John Lewis. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I have a problem with dignifying such juvenile behavior uh, for the president of the United States to demonstrate such thin skin. Um, and for him not to find alternate ways to engage people uh, so 
are, uh, it, it really gives me pause. So I would say it's been a combination of all of those Yeah, and you've been joined now with, is it up to 50 different representatives who have decided not to go to the inauguration for similar reasons? Um, do you think that this is a sign of Democrats sort of stating their willingness to stand up for the things you're talking about, for, you know, more dignity and, and the way he comports himself? You know, that, that remains to be seen. I, I get the feeling that that may be the case, but this wasn't a coordinated um, uh, activity on behalf of colleagues. I think each individual member uh, came to their own conclusions and decisions. It, it was just one of those eureka moments <laughs> where, it, you know, it happened simultaneously. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you get the sense, uh, you personally or among some of your colleagues, that there's any fear of reprisal? Well, you know, the question has been raised, uh, but here is what I, I say to that. Um, you know, I was elected to serve in, in the House of Representatives and have enjoyed uh, relationships across the aisle uh, and with my colleagues uh, throughout my tenure, which has been 10 years now. We all uh, have points where we uh, agree to disagree and sometimes very vehemently, uh, but we put the interests of the American people first and foremost, um, and, and I hope that that will sense. Um, what are you going to do instead of go to the inauguration? What's your plan? to me. Um, I, I had a question. I know you've, you've introduced two different legislation that deals with cybersecurity. Do you think that your your experience in that front um, helped you reach your decision about, about what's been going on in terms of cyber attacks in the, or you know, cyber meddling, however you want to call it, with the U.S.? A absolutely. I, I served on the Homeland Security Committee for eight years. For those years, I was the uh, chairwoman of the subcommittee on cybersecurity and infrastructure protection. You know, unfortunately, our society is not quite as conscious and as well-educated about this uh, frontier of warfare. And that's exactly what it is. Our nation is being uh, intruded upon regularly at just about every moment of the day. I think for the average American, uh, what they can identify with is something like identity. Mm -hmm. Right, um, but it gets much bigger and much more complex when you're dealing with nation states. And so uh, the intrusion, the disruption, uh, the Russian government going up to the highest echelon of their government, uh, Mr. Putin himself, as well as their intelligence agencies, uh, is, is very dangerous. So um, I am one of the members who is urging that you know, when we return to 
Um, are you afraid of a weakening of our intelligence agencies? We have to avoid that at all costs. Sure. Uh, I'm not concerned. I know that we have highly skilled professionals that remain on the job, and it is up to all of us, notwithstanding any position that the president, uh, the, the president to be, may have, uh, to continue to be supportive of their effort and to demonstrate that uh, in every way that we possibly can. These are people who put themselves on the front line to keep us safe in, in, in an increasingly hostile and dangerous world. Mm-hmm. As, as citizens or constituents, uh, are there things, I feel like a lot of our listeners are always asking us, you know, what can they do? Who should they call? What kind of petition can they sign? What, you know, should they be engaging in civil disobedience? Be specific. You yeah. know, there are a whole host of communities that are, you know, beginning to engage in dialogue around their observations. I think they need to organize themselves in a way in which they can react by emailing, calling, Showing up in Washington, D.C. to make sure that the uh, legislative body, uh, you know, knows their preferences. Um, oftentimes, we uh, moan and groan or agonize in, in isolation of one another. Uh, I think this is an opportunity uh, for us to demonstrate as a nation that uh, we, we embrace progress and change, but we embrace, embrace them uh, for the betterment of, of, of our nation and our community. When I think about how divisive some of the dialogue was during the campaign, and even in the wake of Donald Trump's election, and the uh, hate crime spike mm. uh, that took place, I, I, I just never thought that I would live uh, to see that level of hate unleashed in our nation ever again. And, and that should, should put everyone on notice that, you know, this is a, a work in progress, and, and we have to continue to, to push forward uh, to make sure that another generation does not have to uh, it, it fight these same battles. I was born in 1964, so I'm really a beneficiary of the Civil Rights Movement mm-hmm. and uh, could never have imagined that 50 years after, um, you know, the Civil Rights Movement made the gains that it did, voting rights, civil rights, um, that we would be relitigating these issues again. Well, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. I really appreciate you calling in for our show today. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I, you know, I, I think it, it, it's important. Uh, you, you guys do an important work uh, in, in, in developing these podcasts that, that helps, you know, our, our, our American uh friends and neighbors to, to learn more about exactly what's going on on Capitol Hill and, and, and addressing a number of the issues uh, that, that we may be facing anxiety around. Uh, I, I am an eternal optimist, notwithstanding uh, everything that you've heard. Uh, <laughs> That's so I important. Believe, yeah. You know, I believe in the goodness of people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I will continue to, to fight the good fight uh, because I, I believe that in the end, uh, that's what will prevail, the goodwill uh, that the American people have toward one another and our fellow, fellow citizens around the world. Amen to that. Yeah, that is a message we love to hear. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank and you. Thanks for joining us. Okay, have a great day.
great about making this podcast is is I love reaching out to these people that are trying to make a difference and do things. And yeah. um, so it's great to hear when they have a sense of optimism. And yeah, I really liked how she ended on that optimistic note. It like really fit, it fits the format of our show really nicely. And it's just like really hopeful to hear someone in her position who has seen the things that she's seen that we haven't seen that can still feel that yeah. way. I mean, we were just talking about that at the beginning about how, you know, the the mood of this podcast is kind of realistic, but continuing to maintain hope. And that's how it felt like she was operating. She's operating. Yeah, yeah for sure. But like I say, if you're not if you're not realistic, how can you actually do anything? Right. right. You know, yeah. if you don't know what you're dealing with, how can you deal with it? Yeah, and if you're not being, if you're not, if you can't be realistic and look at what's happening, I feel like your your hope can only be false hope in a way because if you you have to sort of face it head on. Um, there's a really great another thing that happened on on the media this week was a interview with Rebecca Solnit. Mm. Do you know her, oh. Summer? Per- yeah, we are kind of pals. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't heard her speak before, and man, if you want some hope, go listen to this interview uh, with. Uh, I think we should have her on the show. Yeah, I would love to have her on the show. I think that that is definitely. Oh my possible. goodness! Yeah, um, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, and and in the meantime, listen to her interview with Bob Garfield on 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 the media because it's pretty great. Jonathan, I'm going to start listening regularly to on the media. Please do. I heard you say it, that our podcast has just turned into like advertising. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Where is free advertising? Speaking of advertising, uh, we have our first sponsor. We do. We have a sponsor because we're trying to make this sustainable, this podcast. Exactly. So uh, we're sponsored this week by Domainer.com. And I can tell you uh, from experience that it is difficult sometimes to find that exact right domain that you're looking for. When you're starting your anti-Trump website. That's right. When you're starting your anti-Trump website, you're looking for that perfect domain. Domainer.com is the place to go. And what they offer you is just this really simple, clean, intuitive interface. All you got there is just basically a search box and you type in, you know, your idea for a domain. And just like that, in an instant, they've suggested all these different domains both, you know, based off of exactly what you said, but also some, you know, some ideas. Just so you can like type in like John Lewis is my super duper hero, and then they'll be yeah. like, "Would you like dot com? Would you like exactly? Like, okay. Yeah, here, like, like I t- I'm typing that in right now. John Lewis <laughs> is my super <laughs> duper hero. Oh my god, so sorry. We can do. Oh, you could do like okay. So here's a fun one. You could do J O H N L E W dot I S right. Oh, yes. Right. Ooh, clever. And it is domainer, so uh, just without the E. If they do that, like, that hip internet thing where... Flickr. Tumblr. dot com. If you're interested uh, in getting a domain through Domainer, and I know that you are, please go to uh, domainer.com slash 451, uh, just the numbers, and that will let them know that you came via us, and that really helps us. Um, stay sustainable. Clean. So thanks a lot for to Domainer for sponsoring our podcast. So uh, back to Rebecca Solnit. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's great about Rebecca is that she is so into um, organizing and action and yeah. what to do about stuff. She's, right. Her book, Hope in the Dark, has gotten a lot of renewed interest since since the election because it's getting dark and people need hope. And um, yeah. she's really good at focusing on that, but, but having a really you know, um, facts-based, reality-based approach to to that hope and to that organization. And that always makes me appreciate, I appreciate what she's got. So. Yeah, and like her, her thing in this interview is like, you know, the dark is both 
the dark that is coming, but also the dark of not knowing mm-hmm. and looking into the future and we don't know the future, but that also means the future is unwritten. And, you know, as dark as the future looks, both in terms of, you know, stormy clouds and everything, but also just we don't know what it is, we can change it. Like we, the the choices we make on a day-to-day level, like are going to affect the future um and that's hopeful. Anyway. No, an authoritarian government wants you to feel hopeless. They want you feeling like isolated and depressed right. and hopeless in front of your TV or your computer or your radio or whatever time period this is taking place in. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, and you've got to counteract that and um, not, not give in. Yeah, totally. And also the idea that authoritarian governments, they rely on you knowing that they're watching you know, mm-hmm. right? And 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 you self-censoring yourself because you know that you're being watched. Right. So the more you continue to do what you've what always you do done. anyway, yeah. And and not right. self-center yourself, censor yourself and not change what you do. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, I think as as individual citizens, but especially as writers and journalists. Right. Um because, you know, yeah, whether it's sort of coming from the, the top, like in government, Trump, you know, attacking media on Twitter or whatever. And then so media being like, oh, we got to prove that, you know, he calls you biased. And then people bend over backwards to shift right. themselves right so that they so that somehow trying to, like, accommodate this ridiculous accusation. And, um, you know, again, speaking of the book Dark Money that we recommended last week by Jane Mayer, like she talks about in the, you know, in the 70s and the 80s these accusations of media that was pretty center of the road, um, you know, accusing them of being liberal and they kind of bend over backwards to hire more right wing people to like diminish perception of bias, even right. what there wasn't bias. And people need to really stand clear on, you know, what bias means and um, and not and not give into that, not keep shifting, you know, to into further and further extremes to because th- there's going to be no acceptable point until everybody's a propaganda unit, you know. Yeah, no, so, no, but when people hear this, the inauguration will be tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. And um, what are you guys going to do during the inauguration? Hmm. I I am, I do have plans. What time is the inauguration? I don't know because I'm not going to freaking watch it. Yeah, I mean, I know that, I know that I'm going to not pay any attention to that. I was, I was considering a full news fast that day, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I um there is today tonight I'm going to a um planning meeting for a march that is happening on Friday here in Jersey City from nice. from Journal Square which is like a transportation hub down to um City Hall. And so yeah, yeah that happens at two o'clock here in Jersey City if you happen to be in this area. Um but uh so that that's presumably what what I'll be doing. Yeah. The night before on Thursday night I'm going to the protest at Columbus Circle. Great on Thursday. So if you're hearing this and it's Thursday during the day, come to the protest. I'm going to be there. Are, are either of you going on Saturday to Washington or? I will either be in Washington or I will be at the protest in New York. One yeah. of those two. Yeah. That's what, that's my answer as well. I will probably watch the inauguration like on YouTube on Sunday or right. something like that or Monday. <sighs> but if they tell people to ruin the ratings that you should turn, if you have a TV, I don't, but if you, have a TV turn it on to a different channel, like oh, the cooking channel or <laughs> National Geographic. Like put on a nice nature show 
and then leave it on and go do something else. That's great. I love that. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking that I would go to the park during the day and I was going to go to um, Temple in the evening. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you need that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not religious, but um, I love I love the rabbi in my neighborhood and um, I'm going to go. That sounds like a good plan. Just go around turning on TVs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to break into people's houses and turn on their TV and put it to the cooking channel and then be like, hey, bye, you know, and like... <laughs> And go, I love that all these musicians are canceling, though. Like, this is the spiteful, like, not useful part of this stuff. But it is it is entertaining yeah, um, it is. and heartening to see how people are like, nope, I'm not having any part of this, you know, Nuremberg BS. Wasn't it even the, even the, the Bruce Springsteen yes. cover band? <laughs> we, cover yes, band. we were talking about that. That's so, so funny. sad and great. <laughs> sad in a great way. Yeah. I mean, think how much worse it would be. Like, what if, like, Beyonce was like, we've all got to come together, man. I'm going to perform oh, with the Trump inauguration. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. would suck. Like, yeah. it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, too, I, I don't remember where the article was. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. The one that kind of spun that he didn't want to have celebrities, really. Oh, he's like, I don't want you here anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that wasn't what he was going for. For his, I'm for the people, yeah, man. Yes, like, exactly. Me and my gold-plated everything. We're for the people. Like that's my. You know. And the Bruce Springsteen cover band says, "Nope." Summer, do you have anything to take us take us home with? <laughs> this is crazy, um, and it's gonna take people doing stuff. Um, that's like such a vague thing to say, but but that's what it is again and again. I mean, I have been. Um, Jesse shared this great article that's how I knew about it of this um, graphic novel by who is it again Christopher Noxon Noxon yep Noxon and he um, happened to find himself in Memphis the day after the election and he was going to go to Graceland and he decided like he couldn't deal with kitsch and huh. instead he goes to the Civil Rights Museum huh. and he wrote a graphic essay about it and it's great and he's really talking about like the lessons that we can learn from that movement and like like um congresswoman clark said she never dreamed that we would be relitigating these issues right but you know what guess what we are yeah and um and we're not coming at this we're not the first people to confront this by any means many of the people that you know put their bodies on the line then are still alive now right um to give us advice in person just like the example that john lewis gave last week with saying you know what i'm not going to do this nope and and people stood with him, you know, and I, I think that um, that that's just important to remember, like we're, we're going into this, but there's so many of us, you know, we, we can't let them tell us. Sorry, I'm like getting all earnest, but you yeah. can't let them tell us that that we're that we're weak because we're not, you know, and and we have to we have to come together. And like this essay was saying in the civil rights movement. Sorry, I'm not going to cry, but like, you know, they didn't agree on everything. Right. Um, they had their differences, but they were able to focus and be targeted and, you know, and do it in a nonviolent way. And nonviolence isn't about not confrontation. It's about extreme confrontation. So we're, we're in this, but we don't, we're not in it without a roadmap. Thank you, Summer. You're, you're, yeah. you're so good at, you're so good at this. That's why. Anyway, I, I don't I, know. I'm no, just you like, are. Oh. Every time, every time I'm like, I'm like, take us home. <laughs> take us you home. Really do. You take, you, you take <laughs> us right and, there. And if you want a book club this week, a great one is John Lewis's graphic memoir, which went like off the charts bestseller last week because of what happened That's and it's, I got it like the night before that happened and it's so good yeah and um it's a great one it, for kids can read it adults do it it's a good it's a good one to, to check out at your library or to buy can I borrow yours summer you can yeah <laughs> yeah okay here we go here we go here we go
fact checks on our conversation. We mentioned the FISA warrant that the FBI may have sought to investigate ties between Donald Trump and the Kremlin. Um, and it looks like reports on that are actually unverified at this point. So we don't really know definitively whether or not a FISA warrant was sought, whether multiple warrants were sought, and if so, if any of them were granted. Uh, information on individual FISA warrants are very rarely leaked to the press, so that's not much of a surprise. Um, we also mentioned Vladimir Zarkov. Actually, we misspoke because that's a Russian hockey player, and who we meant was Vladislav Zarkov, who was Deputy Prime Minister to Russia until he resigned in 2013, and then became the personal advisor to Putin on relationships with Ukraine, Abkhazia, and South Ossetia. Um, if you're not familiar, Abkhazia and South Ossetia are regions of Georgia where Russia supported separatist movements beginning in 2008. We also mentioned John Lewis and his decision to skip the Trump inauguration. I had heard that he had not missed an inauguration in 30 years, but it actually looks like he, he also skipped the Bush inauguration in 2001. We also mentioned his graphic memoir, uh, March, which is uh, three volumes, and you can purchase them individually or as a group in a box set, and I highly recommend that you do. Uh, as always, thank you for listening to The 451. If you want more information about what we discussed this week or in other episodes, you can go to the451.com. That's the451allwrittenout.com. And there you'll find our phone number, our email address. You can write to us. You can leave us a voicemail and let us know what are you doing to maintain hope and to resist. Um, on our website, you'll also find our Patreon page where you can support the podcast by donating a dollar a month more if you can. Um, if you can't do that, you can also support us by going to iTunes and leaving a rating or a review. Um, thanks again for joining us. This has been the 451, a podcast for the resistance. What I'm saying really is what I think. I, I, I believe in this country. I believe in the American people. Uh, I believe that uh, people are more good than bad. Um, I believe tragic things happen. I think there's evil in the world. But I think that at the end of the day, if we work hard and if we're true to those things in us that feel true and feel right, that the world gets a little better each time. That's what this presidency has tried to be about. Um, and I see that in the young people I've worked with. I couldn't be prouder of them. And so uh, this is not just a matter of no drama Obama. This is, this is what I really believe. It is true that behind closed doors I curse more than I do publicly. <laughs> and sometimes I get mad and frustrated like everybody else does. But at my core, I think we're going to be okay. We just have to fight for it. We have to work for it and not take it for granted. And I know that you will help us do that. Thank you very much, Press Corps. Good luck. Good luck.